Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, you guys. Okay, here we are. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, there's that. There's that fourth voice. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so today, hi, it's it's all of us again, Hello. as usual. Sarah, Jim, and Sam, and then yeah. we have Aaron Seymour. Hi. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Yep. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks um, for another in a long string of uh, musical guests we've had lately, which is really fun. But uh, it, it's if you're wondering, we have not switched to this being a music-centric podcast. It, we, we still do art. We still do... Uh, well, we'll do anyone. I mean, we yeah. had we had uh, Mike the... We had a fire captain in yeah. the other day that we just put up. Yeah. And... Uh, a lot of interesting people here in the cities, but... Police detective. Police detective, but there's just a thriving music scene. That's what I was going to say. And we all say. love music, so... The, the pool of you musicians is deep. Oh, here, yeah, we've so. just scratched the surface. And if there's too much, we could talk about my day job as a business systems analyst, which... Oh, boy. Good Lord. Fascinating. Yeah, that was... That's so, I'm even, already... That definitely... Okay, let's go <laughs> no, with I already that. took a little nap. <laughs> when you said that... Let's talk music. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just do we'll our... talk about all of it. Yeah, we can Well, talk how are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great. Good. Yeah. Nice great. to be in your nice environment here. Yeah. Today, uh, we usually like to recap the weather. It's beautiful out today. <laughs> yeah. It seems just, like just very Minnesotan. Minnesotans. Yeah. Today yeah. is a good day. Sun yeah. is shining. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard on public radio on the way in that uh, it was Carrie Miller said, and Saturday is the day we've all been waiting for. Low humidity <laughs> in mid-70s. Like, yep. Okay, well, that's the one this the spring. One. Yeah. yeah. Let's get them while we can. <laughs> yeah. No, get it. Right. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, well, there have been a few, but there's, yeah. they're one at a time, and then they go away for two weeks, three right. weeks. Okay. And... Uh, and we all know, like Lori yesterday, talking about, well, we're only we're only three weeks or three months and a day or whatever away, away from, from the, the state the... fair starting. Like we're already counting uh, our way toward yeah. the end of the decent uh, weather. I'm going to yeah. numb myself for a couple months. You know, Don't, we all do. Yeah. For, <laughs> for what? I mean, what does that mean? It, it seems to last longer for me. Summer. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. If I'm slightly sedated <laughs> that could mean many things and i don't i know i don't even know what i'm talking about i, I don't do, even I know why i kind of do I'm, but it's yeah you <laughs> would like to be a little sedated right yeah yeah it slows time well we're uh what's the song i want to be sedated i'm totally blanking that is yeah. it i want to yeah. be sedated the ramones? ramones yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what i'm yeah yeah okay Okay, that's right. what we're going to work on. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, yeah. So, Aaron, you know, if you're up for talking a little bit about your history here in the Twin Cities and music, we know you have a lot to share on that. Um, well, yeah, uh, music history for me is, uh, I was in a band called The Widgets um, that had a few other names as we were getting started, but that was about 1985 through 90 or 91. Mm-hmm. Um and then I thought I was quitting music forever and going to college. And, and I did go to college and, and get good grades for a while. And then I accidentally started another band called uh, Delilah's. Uh, and that ended up taking off even more. So I dropped out of school again and did that for a few years, too. Yep. Yeah. And I remember both these bands. Um, I mean, we would go and see you guys play. And I, I, there was a 
huge music scene at, in those days for me anyhow um with run westy run and and uh, suburbs were happening and you know all of that sort of genre it was a great time that um there were so many venues uh where people could play and many of them um it was just free you know no cover every night so you right. could just walk up to the uptown bar and yep. check out a great band there and then eventually the 400 kind of went from being a blues bar to a, yeah. to a rock bar and yep. that became another place you could stop in and seventh street entry always mm-hmm. and um and then a bunch of little holes in the wall that would pop up for a little while and right. you're a, a band just getting started like we were when we were just getting started um those are great because you could get a gig somewhere and yeah. uh, we could tell our friends to come see us play and you could actually you know, yep. get up there with mics and a PA right. and, and play rock star for a while. Yeah. Has that fundamentally changed? The, the no cover, see a band thing? Is that the part of the issue? You know, I think maybe a little bit. Um, it's hard for artists to get paid. And so when usually when there is a cover, it's... It, at most places it exists to pay the band so you know i feel fine about that but you know when when you're 17 well i guess i was sneaking out when i was 17 but but the drinking age was 19 then but when you're when you're that young and you're working a crappy job or mm-hmm. uh you know two dollars five dollars seven dollars at the door can make a big difference and oh, so for sure it can you know that's your drinking money or whatever yeah. you know like, yeah <laughs> that was a big i didn't want to part with three bucks i didn't have three bucks yeah. i barely have three bucks right now yeah. <laughs> i was there too with you but, but somehow yeah. no matter how broke i was in my oh, youth, you yeah. were broker i know yeah oh yeah, for sure like you were sure. well, deep I'm, broke i drank more yeah well <laughs> Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we were the same person, Jim. <laughs> yeah. we, we could have been, actually. I was yeah. broker and I drank more. So. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the good old. D- d- um, if there are children listening, drinking is not good. And there the was just a lot of venues. You know what's funny is, uh, as you're talking, I just remembered, and you, this is more of a metal thing, but do you remember the Iron Horse? Mm hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, Crystal, right? Crystal, yeah, my, mm, that's my stomping girl. grounds. But, <laughs> but I mean, that was a weird bar. I mean, that was in the middle of nowhere, right? Live music. Oh yeah, Did it was all that? live music, and it was lots it, of different metal bands, t- all tons. of whom packed the place too. Yeah, I mean, it was just that's jam it was Crystal. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true. But, um, but I mean, it was just bizarrely popular. Yeah. You know, not bizarrely. I mean, it just was really popular with. It seemed, it seemed bizarre to me at the time because I didn't I didn't know the metal guys, right. you know. Yep. Although if I think about it, you know, a couple years earlier in high school, before like there was a big shift in music all over, not just in the Twin Cities, but from uh, new wave or like yeah. post punk stuff, like sort right. of changed people's taste, changed the way that they wore their hair and dressed at school and yeah. everything like that. But there, you know, it had only been a couple years since everybody was wearing you know ripped jeans and long hair and yep. and t shirts, uh, you know metal or hard rock band t-shirts and so you know it's not like everybody all of a sudden switched their taste to you know the psychedelic furs or right you know like i did but right uh, yeah but there was a lot of crossover too i mean i you know we liked everything i mean it it was just like metal and you know and then when the cure loved the cure you know when they were coming out you did that genre when i was a kid like you and i was a little after you guys not far but well you look good Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> all gray. I don't know how all this happened, but kids, you don't look younger than us now. If I shave my beard Woo. off, I sure do. Yeah, you do instantly. Bam, yeah, nineteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, baby face. It, 
No, I, and I could be wrong, but my perception was like, man, if you liked this music, you didn't like that music. And if you said, like, there was, it was just so rigid for some people, like you had to be, to just dive in I, I full I think that was that the case genre. for some people, but... Yeah, and I think it's how old you are, too, and then, you know, when you become an adult and start meeting some other, you know, for lack of a better term, cool people, Mm -hmm. uh, and you see that they're open, Mm -hmm. like you said, you guys had Lori Barbaro in here, right? Uh, Yeah. She's, like, at the widest range of musical taste uh, that I can think of, and, you you know, you meet cool people like that, and you realize, oh, I don't have to be embarrassed of the stuff I used to like, because I I used to hide, uh, well... You know, maybe not that consciously, but I, I wouldn't bring up the bands that I liked a few years earlier. When you know, when yeah. I was when I was younger and just trying to think of myself as a cool guy. You know? Right, and, right. That's that's right. what I'm trying to describe. Yeah, like it, it like. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I like the nitty gritty dirt band. My dad got me into it when I was nine, <laughs> well, you know, or whatever. Right. Like, I can't help it's it. All, it's just a wide ranging perspective. I think as we get older, but I think it's more accepted now. Or it's cool now that you like all of these different influences because you can take bits and pieces of them and kind of make it into your own. Yeah. It just shows a breadth of knowledge, I think. Yeah. And there's a little bit of, um, or maybe a lot of comfort with yourself, you know, being mm-hmm. uh, not, you know, not not trying to project something that you're not. And, no, you're being authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes that's conscious and sometimes it just sort of happens with experience or mm-hmm. so I, sometimes I have it doesn't another, happen. Yeah. <laughs> reference here uh, you yeah. might remember do you remember the wax museum in robinsdale yeah that's uh, I, w- I walked in there and paid my own uh paper out money to buy the bg's sergeant pepper's only hearts club band movie soundtrack oh my god <laughs> that is awesome you got to see that movie by the way peter frampton yeah i've Steve seen it Martin. i've seen it yep uh, yep it's it's something it's a trip <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the wax museum was in robinsdale and it was a record shop Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right and next door to Broadway Pizza. Yep. Is that like a reference to the fact that the fact that the first one's cut in wax or whatever, and then they make? I the think mold? so. Yeah. 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 There were a lot of record stores. I worked at this little independent record label in the late '80s, Shanaki Records, that sold like reggae music and you know, uh, you know, folk music from all over the world, Irish music. But we would send mailers out to record stores, and you know. 40% of them had the word wax in their name, uh-huh. you know, s- somewhere like wax tracks or, you know, right. Wax in Madison or these, you know, everybody hmm. liked to talk about spinning wax, even though it yeah. wasn't wax. Right. It wasn't. <laughs> no, but the original is cut in wax or whatever, right? Yeah. The master, the master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But think how amazing that was going to those record shops. I mean, that's where I found everything. You know, you'd, you'd be searching for new music constantly. Yeah. Or I, my friends and I were, yeah. you know, like what's coming out? Like you just had this, you know, like the psychedelic furs or the Cure or Gene loves Jezebel or some. And the people that worked there really loved music, and, and yeah. they were passionate about you know yep. spreading the word of some new band or artist right. that that they were into. Yep, you'd go into the record shop and they'd recognize you and say like, "Hey, I got this for you. You know, check this out." And you couldn't listen to it; you had to buy it. You had to buy it. Yeah. That, sucked <laughs> but, but they would get to know your taste uh, yeah the more you were in there and the more you talked about what you liked um, right they would they would and that was kind of cool too like hey you like uh you like this sort of pop you know or power pop stuff i bet you like this band you know yep mm-hmm. now spotify does it for you i know it's not the same yeah they're like oh because you listen to this you might like that like oh it's like everything in life yeah it's i sort of human interaction for something i never engaged yeah. in i i just wasn't i didn't 
I didn't come of age in, in my own musical tastes until kind of my late teens, early twenties, right. maybe where I started to really get into my own taste and music. And, uh, so it was all CD and, and it was all, but there was still the CD store, right? The yeah. But the CD company. store was like in a mall, you yeah, know, it was I a got, different thing than a record store. And you could listen in a lot of them, you like could li- right. the headphones on. And, yeah. You know. yeah. And it was more, more or less my friends saying, oh, here, listen to this one, you know, or whatever. And then me buying a few here and there. You know what I just remembered? I want to hear I, it. So at the Wax Museum in Robbinsdale, they would have bands that would come into town and they would do, uh, you know, in-store Signings. appearances, you know? Yeah. I have a Queensryche, Queensryche no album that's signed by everyone. Well, from the Robbinsdale Wax Museum? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. yeah of course you do, though. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta bring that in. He busts out no, weird stuff all I think it's somewhere the... over there in the box. You gotta dig it I'm out. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it, totally it is. is. Yeah, yeah I did you hear about, about that until right now. <laughs> did you hear us? Uh, we had Laserbeak from Doomtree on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah? And, 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 and I had no idea that Beak was a part of a... I, like, I'm not even... I like his music now, but I I don't know it all that well, and I certainly had no idea that he was in a a uh, alternative rock band prior to that. It, it was his high school band, um, Plastic the, Constellations. Yeah, yeah, Plastic Constellations. I remember and, the, seeing yeah. the name of that band anyway. I don't know if I heard him, but yeah. So 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 I didn't I didn't know that Beak was part of that. And he says that, and I go, dude, I got I've got that. Your first CD is right up there somewhere. And then Kate jumped up and pulled it out, and he's like. Holy shit! Because I don't even have this, you know. So yeah. So if he says I've got this and it's maybe in a box over there, you can't ask him to remember anything else in life. Yeah. But for somehow or other, that it, like it's sitting over there somewhere. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't know what's. I've got issues about memory. <laughs> okay, right. so. so are you a big record collector then? You know, Still I'm not. No? I kind of have uh, secret guilt about not being a big record collector. Like mm. I. Um, because in, in some ways, I've got all this sort of trivial pursuit kind of uh, rock knowledge. But then I hang out with friends who just know everything, and they have everything. And I have this ex-girlfriend who had this huge record collection, and uh, it was just really impressive. I, I, I think early on, I just thought, I'll never be able to compete with these people right. who, are, okay. who have this amazing catalog. So I'll just be friends with them and you know, go to their apartment and right. have them play music for me. or Yeah. You know, have them have everything it's that pops into my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot of work. I I don't want to completely hijack things, but all my life I have wondered. I have thought it was is some sort of otherworldly magic that you can take a piece of plastic or a piece of wax, the first one, right? Yeah. And somehow have people sing into <laughs> microphones and play into things and and the little needle that's in there somehow cuts a groove that has all that richness in it, and then it'll replay it back somewhere else. I, I still don't understand how it works. I'm, I'm just as fascinated by that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had that same thought that you just described. Uh, and I've had the same thoughts about, uh, you know, Thomas, like, who thought that you could poke a hole in something and aim and get some light and then get a photograph out of it? Yeah. Too. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, it's almost like David Bowie, like the man who fell to earth, like this concept like somebody gets that idea like uh out of out of nowhere and like because how would how would you get that idea at first you know and i'm sure like every other idea it's built on on different ideas over time you know so like i know that they were using viewers to watch eclipses where -hmm. you're poking a hole and you're seeing it projected and someone's probably thinking yeah oh man but i 
I don't know that the the record itself yeah. and how that plays music is just such a mystery to me. It, CDs make more sense. Oh, laser reads something. Yeah, I get it. But it, I, I've had this, a similar thought though with like, so who just, who figured out that you could take digits and have them represent sounds and like really subtle differences in sounds and including you know different tracks with different effects on them and everything and and replicate it you know with math basically I, that. It's, that blows do you my get mind into too. the? Um, I'm trying to learn more about freak frequencies and like the earth frequency, like the Schumann resonance and all this stuff. Have you gotten into that? Cause it's kind of reminding me of, it's all based on a, it's like 432 or something is the magic. Oh, and that's a tuning too. That, uh, and that's a tuning. 440 is kind of the standard that people mm-hmm. use for pitch and, mm-hmm. uh, for it's, I think it's the A note or whatever, but okay. 432 is like the nature one. Like, yep. It's then, supposed to be like the God number or whatever it is, the earth's. Yeah, kind frequency. of frequency, yeah. and it's a very you know you may be interested in looking more into this because um, I do a lot of meditation at night, and it's based on different frequencies, and it's supposed to affect the cells in your body and your sense of well-being, and I you know music of course yeah. plays into that. I don't doubt that at all. I've, I've read a little bit about that 432, and mm-hmm. people are almost religious about it, you okay. know, and mm-hmm. and because they want to be connected to the earth and and have it be something that's natural and not artificial. I think mm-hmm. because and. I think musicians and all artists probably are trying to tap into the most real thing that they can, you know, and, you know, if it's universal and real, I, I, you know, that's that's attractive. I mean, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. I think there's, and isn't there a link to, to like chanting, you know, too, and, and harmonizing like in the Tibetan, the wailing walls, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's, um, you know, I think a group comes out every day at a certain time and they uh, rub sort of um these uh drum skins and okay. it and it produces once they're all rubbed together it produces a, a certain resonance certain, or... yeah res- a frequency a tonal quality is mm-hmm. what it is that all sync together eventually cool you know yeah i just i find that fascinating you have a singing bowl at home that uh, is, it, that's what that reminds me of when you're talking yeah. about that mm-hmm. like which is you know just it just seems like a primal sound and it's yeah. pleasing yep mm-hmm. right Puts you in that zone, like that meditation, mm-hmm. kind Completely. of gets you out of your head a little bit. Right. It stops the chatter. Yeah. You know? so, so back to it, business it, systems analysts. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, are, are you playing right now, Aaron? What um, are you, you doing know, right now? You know, right now, musically, I, so I have this band. It's like uh, another in a series of dad bands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's awesome. Um, yep. But um, it's uh, so we call it white sweater and. Honestly, the name came from um, I'm white and I sweat a lot. I mean, <laughs> that is not, so white sweater. I just but, pictured a polo sweater. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. No, well, but, that's which, become kind of the yeah, uh, you know, the marketing, the branding of it, uh-huh. sort of. You know, sing the first two songs no, wearing, you it, wearing have like an a old cashmere. white guy sweating. His pants <laughs> off. No, that's, I, I do that yeah. on my own. Um, and that band is, you know, so we play original songs, but it's they they aren't recently written. They're like from the Widgets and the okay. Delilahs and. Um, uh, and then the other dad bands I've been in. I was in a band like 2005 to nine called um, X-Ray Hip, and uh, we made a record. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of that record actually. It's, it's, I think it, it holds up pretty well. And then that band kind of morphed, kept some of the same members and took on some others, and became a band called Petty Demons. And uh, we made a record with them too. So we play basically songs from those four bands mm-hmm. um, from my past. And we keep talking about writing new songs. We did write one new song and perform it the last time we played. Um, 
so there's that and uh so that's really fun but we do it acoustically so it's not we're not we're not kind of reproducing it necessarily the way it was when it came out or the way mm-hmm. we recorded it or played it live back then but it's acoustic guitars and uh a little bit more about singing and harmony and there might be even more singing and harmony in the way we do them now than there was you know back at the time and so that's really fun for me to do that um but i've been writing some stuff you know on my own and uh using technology you know to because i'm not an instrumentalist i don't you know i can i can strum a few chords on guitar i can pluck my way around a piano a little bit to figure out a note but um you know using a like a smart instrument you can have one touch cording basically and you can have a thing play a pattern for you and just you know use one finger and switch chords and um so that's a way for me to you know write vocal melody which is what i've always done without needing another person uh and and their their idea, their guitar part. So I like both because collaborating with somebody on, you know, some progression that they got in their head is really fun because I bring my melody to it that they didn't have in mind. And I wouldn't have had the melody in mind had I not heard their progression. But it's I've always thought I want to write some stuff on my own. And I finally started to do that a little bit. So I don't know what form that's going to end up taking. Sure. But I'd like to make another record, you know, yeah. of new material. So where are you guys playing out right now? Let's see. Uh, if you do. On yeah. a week from tonight, we're playing at the Astor Cafe um, mm. down on Main Street, um, opening for a friend of mine's band. Uh, so that'll be fun. I've played, right right uh, over in St. Anthony, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we play play at the Driftwood on 44th and Nicollet a lot. Okay. Uh, you know, the Eagles Club. Yeah. Any place that'll have us. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, with this band, but- <laughs> I've, never, I've never tried to get a gig with this band. I just wait until somebody calls me and then... I say, then I say, sure, we'll play. You know, if the other guys can all play, right? Know? But well, that's uh, making music is is like playing tennis or whatever. It's like a lifetime thing. It's something that you can't really age yourself out of it if you if you stick with it and keep doing it. Yeah, I think that's true. You make that makes me think of something else, which is I remember when I kind of quit being in the Delilahs and got married and got a, got a real job. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'm not a lifer. I'm not like these these other people that just have to be a musician for their whole life. And uh, I've changed my mind. I am. Yeah. A, I am a lifer. I don't have to do it for you a living. You know how much stupid shit we say when we're young. Yeah. Though, you know, you're yeah. like, I'll never do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's funny. That because why wouldn't you? This sounds like. I mean, you well, light up when creative, you talk about it. It's your creative outlet and your sense of you know. Yeah. Peace. And- I, I probably said that to myself because I wanted to sell myself on the decision I was making at mm-hmm. the time. You right. Know, I wanted to to feel good about it and, and uh, at least appear or even to myself that I was, that it was a thoughtful, correct decision, but you yeah. never know. You know I never funny. really know what's right or wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I've said that about art too. And, and the thing I've come to realize is that, you know, I didn't pick art, art picked me. So once these things get a grab of you, you know, and hold on to you, I mean, you can't shake it. You can't deny it either. You have to, you know, have an outlet like a creative outlet mm-hmm. to either music or art or something it helps you uh develop sort of i agree with that i wish i had been smart enough to un- to realize that at a much younger age oh. i probably but yeah would have been so much more well adjusted and yeah me balanced. too <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah but I, it's I, hard to realize that when you're younger you know it's hard to realize anything when you're younger yeah you know yeah. I, I remember having an argument with some art friends in college um just about how, you know, artists in, of all sorts, musicians, painters, ceramicists, whatever, they kind of have the luxury of saying, I'm creating something, and therefore I'm an artist. And, and I get that, 
you know, being a doctor or an attorney is not the same thing. But I, I do think there's, it's, it's kind of fundamentally wrong for us to not acknowledge the artistry in, in the other trades that people engage in too. And how, you know, you, even if you're a doctor, that doesn't mean you can't be a non-artistic or an art. You can, you can be an artistic yeah, doctor. There's art in what they do. Yeah. And, and they're following their rhythm and they're following mm-hmm. their inner voice and they're, you know, they're learning that it's certainly they get a base of knowledge laid down and then they practice their trade. But in the, in the practice of it, they have to be artistic in a way that of thinking about things. Yeah, and they make breakthroughs. They do things that uh, people haven't done before, or, or they do things a little bit differently because of whatever they're in tune with. You know, their, yeah. their perception of, you know, if they're an attorney even or a doctor, like you were talking about, they'll, 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 they can they can feel things differently than than someone else in the same pro, uh, profession could. Yeah, and, I mean, I I watch a good mechanic fix a car, and I think like. Well, how is there not artistry in that? Like, there absolutely is. Well, I think there yeah. is. Yeah, and and I think, yeah. I mean, do you think some people don't recognize that? Is that what that was the argument? Yeah, I was having was the the pure art students were saying no, those are well, that's because they were those are trades. Little, These the, people yeah. are just autonomous mm-hmm. bots right. that do things, you know. Right. And and like, no, I don't really see it that way. I, I think there's there there can be a kind of majestic beauty in in any endeavor you just have to figure out what that what that is in you know? tal- conversely it's interesting Maggie and I were talking about this on the way in this morning about people who may be the mechanic but maybe they have this inclination to be a musician or a painter but they just don't have the luxury quote-unquote and I think our society doesn't afford that to most people where it's they're totally. just trying to put food on the table or meet basic needs and so when you do have the free time and the wherewithal to do your music or do your art, it's such a fulfilling thing um, that a lot of people just don't have the means for it. Yeah, we don't do politics, but that's why we've got to stop fighting about things and elevate everybody because well, there's, there's so much all, talent shared, out there. It's a shared human endeavor, I yeah, think. Yeah, we're all human. Of, we're all human, and it's a, a creative outlet. Like you're saying, you get to do your music later in life. That's great. Well, And that, it's a great point that you make about the time and uh, you know, the wherewithal. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like for the 90-some percent of people that kind of have to spend almost all their time you know, paying for a place to live and food right. to eat. Basic um, needs. Yeah, it 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 wears out not just your body but your mind and your soul and, and, and your soul and and so that whatever that expression is may not come out because you just might be too tired. Yeah. Or in well, one I'm, in one way or another. Sure. Yeah, and and yeah. The, and the reality of that is that uh, we're not. I think as maybe as Americans or something, we see we're so individualistic that we see that as. Okay, if if they're robbed of that and I'm not, I'm ahead. But yeah. we're all we're all yeah. robbed yeah. of it's too much. It's not enough that it's not a, enough that I succeed. Others must also fail. I've I've never understood mm-hmm. that. I just uh, or agreed with it in, in any. No, way. I mean yeah. I think think of all of the all of the wonderful people out there spending far too much time trying to get through the just a, a rough day, and when they could be. They could be doing something, you know, and who knows what that would be and who knows what it would lead to all that wasted potential. Mm. Yeah. Human potential, you know. So did you uh, take music lessons when you were younger? You know, uh, not really. I took guitar lessons for a very short time. You know, Schmidt music crash course. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Guitar. You know, you get the use of a guitar and eight eight lessons, eight weeks in a row. Um, And it's funny you bring that up, though, because my, my whole family took piano lessons 
or I'm, I'm one of four children. We're all almost the same exact age because I'm adopted in the middle and they're twins six months younger oh. than me. And, and my sister <laughs> is say, six oh, months well, older come than on me. Now. Oh my and gosh. I'm the adopted one in the middle. But okay. so wow. everyone okay. took piano lessons and I was about to start piano lessons. And I thought, sure, I'll, I'll take piano lessons. I didn't really want to, but I thought, oh, cool. We have a piano in our house so I can make some music. And my next door neighbor, Corey Ferguson, uh, we'd be outside playing basketball or football or baseball and you know, right at the big part of the game or whatever, when we're having the most fun, his mom would always call him in and, t- you know, to practice piano. And then like the week before I was going to start piano lessons, my mom asked me like, now, are you sure you want to do this? And I just thought of my friend Corey and his mom calling him in at the worst possible time to practice yeah. piano all the time. And I said, no, I don't, I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to do that. I, it's, right. a, it was a, it's a big moment in my life because I, yeah. I, I really wish I had taken yeah. those lessons at the time. And so I, I started uh, guitar lessons and took um, classical guitar lessons for a while. And then, you know, because I wanted to be a rock star, too, you yeah. know. And God, but, I can but, only imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, you know. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. And we know some mutual friends, and they would come on over into the garage, and we'd, you know, bang jam away, out. jam out on a few things. But but I always, re- you know, I stopped taking lessons, you know, too, and then just kind of just, you know. Decide to paint instead. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. But, though. Um, yeah, but it's always right. interesting. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of musicians that don't take lessons that are that Self-taught. learn just on their own. I think Lori was talking about that yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people with, in Minneapolis for sure. Yeah, yeah. Th- this gives me hope because my children have this passing interest in. So we've got a keyboard and a guitar at home, and they have this interest in it. And Tyson sort of sits in his bedroom. He's 12 years old, and he. He's trying to learn, and he, you know, the dexterity isn't necessarily there, and and he wants the lessons or whatever. But like everyone we talk to who says, "Oh, I know, I picked it up when I was eighteen, or I didn't really get into it until right. I was tw- in my twenties or something." Like it's cool that there's still hope out there for. There is still hope. I heard Tom Waits didn't uh, try to play piano until he was twenty-one or something oh, like wow. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if he can get lessons, yeah. Do it. Get teasing some lessons. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit easier to get lessons. Well, now I mean, today, it's sort too. of there's a lot more options. Well, you can use YouTube. Sure. You can do. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can download things. Um, yeah, you know. Oh, some, he knows how to use YouTube. Yeah, he can. He, he can. <laughs> but I want to get him lessons with someone. App. But, a, yeah, for yeah. sure. But there's got. It's got to be. I think for him, like I, I don't push my kids toward things. But if they show an interest, then I'm supportive of it. Uh, but when it comes to like lessons, I want them to sit down with someone who is going to inspire them a little bit. Like I don't want to just get just anyone to maybe yeah. do it. I, I'd like someone. Nurse Ratchet or something. Like, yeah. Right. Like don't slap him on the wrist when he's doing the wrong thing or something, which doesn't happen these days. But. You know, we have a great uh, piano teacher that comes to our house once a week and all three of my kids take lessons. Actually, two of them now because one uh, – um, graduated from high school and moved on. Um, but this guy, Owen, he's, he's just great. He, um, he's probably the, the, the person you'd want to teach your kid yeah. because he's, uh, he was a music major from, uh, out East and he plays multiple instruments. But, uh, my oldest son, uh, got into it the most and the most quickly because he just said, I, I want to learn how to play this MGMT song. And then I want to learn how to play this other song. Right. And then the teacher sort of saw that that he was excited about that. So he said, okay, we'll, we'll start with that. You know, and he worked in scales and, and, and talks about theory, just sort of 
when he knew my son was interested, like what, what, when, it, when he would pay attention and when he would be excited about it and, and was starting to connect the dots in it. So he learned really quickly because he, you know, the teacher gave him the freedom and mm-hmm. also recognized mm-hmm. what he was excited learning, about. His learning style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that, that I think sounds great. Since I've always sort of bucked the tradition of you got to learn all of this first and then get, so, like, I just, like, cut to the chase. What am I supposed to learn here? <laughs> That's yeah, what I yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, that would be probably good for Thiessen. Uh We don't have to take a break. We, we sometimes do midway through and we are 30 minutes in. So if you guys want a break... Yeah. Oh, I, I see a little nod there. Sure. Let's do it. Let's take a break. All right, audience, we're doing our thing, taking a break. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel safe products directly to your door in an airport security safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit KineticDesignBuild.com. To request a consolation. God, I just like that. That one. All right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam, or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit EarthEd.org for more information about how to get started. Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin... Ah, shit. Andalin, now available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Do you have an idea that you know deserves a digital solution? Finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg... (sighs) Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. (sighs) Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. such thing as too much coffee can't go wrong with too much coffee all right we're, we're recording all right all right welcome back <laughs> yep that was did a great you, break that, it, it really know? was did you I get think that coffee bit in there because we were just talking about coffee i i got the tail end of oh, I got the tail end. can't go wrong with too much coffee <laughs> oh I, you did <laughs> i think i think a lot of our returns from breaks start with chatter about coffee 
Yeah, and, yeah. Thank you, audience, for sticking with us. That's, that po- that's podcast break. gold. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody All right, well, loves it. During the break, um, I, I want to ask Aaron something about. So you're adopted, correct? Yeah. Yep. And I'm adopted too. So, uh, I've got my own story. But have you searched for your bio family, bio that's parents? A, is it, uh, well, a little bit. So. Um, two, two different times. So the first time I thought I was beginning a search. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my mother who adopted me is adopted and she did a search and found her biological mother when her biological mother was 80 and developed a relationship with her. And, uh, she was an only child and she found she had like four, um, half siblings and de- developed a relationship with, with them. So, okay. um, that's just, uh, well, you know. that's a good segue into yeah, all yeah. this. I mean, wow. So like 15 or 18 years ago, so I'll, what I, I I what I know about my, you know, uh, being born and where I was when I was young is is very little, and s- stories have kind of changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is odd to me, but um, uh, <laughs> but I knew I, I I started at Lutheran. Well, didn't start, but you know, was adopted from Lutheran Social Services. So so was I. Okay. Yep. Minnesota. And I talked to some people who had done a search, and they're like, "Call them; they'll help you." You know. Um, so I called them. And it, uh, for some reason, I was always so frightened to, to call him. And I, I couldn't really explain what I was afraid of. I mean, maybe looking mm-hmm. back, I might be able to if I uh, think about it. But um, so I finally got up the nerve to make the phone call. And uh, the woman on the phone, I just probably caught her on a bad day, but I took it personally. It's like, well, we can't do anything until you you know give us this check for you know X amount of dollars or whatever. And and I already knew that going in. I knew that I, I, I kind of knew how it was going to go because I had talked to people. But it and maybe just because it's such a tender thing inside me i it turned me off and i didn't i never called back i never did anything else i just and it wasn't like i consciously made a decision like i'm oh that's it i'm not going to do this anymore just i just didn't you know Uh and i I don't know why but um about a year and a few months ago for christmas my wife got me the 23 and me like the deluxe 23 and me (laughs) holy crap i know know this well and uh you know so i've always been told by by uh my mom and uh, that I'm a hundred percent finished, but she can't really t- explain to me, you know, why, which, you know, the story changes a lot. I'm, mm. Mom doesn't listen to podcasts and we're not going to tell her about this one, but, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I did the 23 and me and I got thing back and I, you know, I'm 51% finished. It said, and then the rest is, you know, could be because it's all Northwestern European or whatever, like, well, it's like 25 or 27% Swedish or something. And then the rest is sort of nondescript, uh, you know, Northwest Europe or whatever. Um, and then through 23andMe, I found some DNA relatives by logging on there. And uh, and then one of them, like a second cousin, um, sent me a message. You know, if you agree to let people send you messages or have, have certain things available, then then they can reach out to you. And, and someone did. And they, they said, basically, I think we have the same great-grandparents. And they are these people who live, you know, here, like in Minnesota. Right. Um, so... And then I responded, oh, I like, I'd like to know more. And then it's always weird. The communication seems to be months in between. Like, I, I don't know, pe- maybe people on both sides just are a little right. uncomfortable or something. Or I'll go back and log in and go, oh, somebody sent me a message a month ago saying, I think I know even who your regular grandparents are or whatever. And I, I still have this little bit of fear. And I don't... Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, it doesn't make sense to me. And I, I'm, I'm not 
a, a guy who walks around in life being scared of things. But in this particular area, I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's I get a little bit afraid to touch it sometimes. Sure. So sure. I put it off, but then I eventually jump back in and right. and and go to the next step. I guess. I mean, so my story is almost. I mean, we may be the same person. Right? You know, it's <laughs> so very similar. Um, but you yeah, may, but you may have, uh, you know, half siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, so you didn't have a direct hit sort of right. with 23 and me and have you done ancestry.com i haven't done the ancestry one no. okay i would well for you know i think ancestry is probably a little bit more popular okay. with some people yeah you know so i ended up doing both because um it kind of was a combination between the two that i actually uh found found everybody you wow. know i found my bio Can father and bio mother I mean, this is your. This is the the uh, James Holmberg adoption story. But what he leaves out of this, it that part so far is that he wouldn't have done anything. He had basically right. gotten as far as he was ever going to get with it. But his girlfriend, Amber, sort of started you down that track, right? Well, yeah. So give you so, a push. Well, I got it in my stocking for Christmas. Okay, you know nice. that's how it started. So and yeah, we we do have the same story. Yeah, yeah. We, we really do. I mean, um, so Christmas Day, I got it out, and and I didn't do anything with it for for a while, and then finally, you know, you spit in the tube, you send mm-hmm. it out, and so when I did get, to oh, these, you fell for the spit in the tube thing? I did. Yep, I did. <laughs> the old spit in the tube and send it away. You know. I have no um, idea what that means. <laughs> no, well, you, well, no, you literally do spit into yeah, a tube. That's how, that's yeah, what but it there is. was some other part of that, right? <laughs> well, double entendre or something. Well, no, I was trying to make it into something. <laughs> right, right. It's a crystal. It's a crystal Robin oh, Steel thing. So. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you had to grow up. You yeah, had to be I mean, you 16, had to be, you know, something. Yeah. It's a West did, Broadway thing. Did you have a BMS? BMX bike too? Uh, no, I was uh, I was probably just a few years too old for a BMX bike. Like okay. my, you know, people three years younger, like yeah, right. right. Okay. Just like same with tattoos. If I was right. three five years younger, I'd have tattoos all over. Yeah. I would have had a BMX bike. Yeah, so would have been, okay. gotten a lot better at skateboarding. Right. Okay. You know? Well, well, then we're, we're, there's a slight offness in, <laughs> since I had the bike. But anyways, <laughs> um, no. So I did get that, and yes, I didn't do anything with it. So uh, very similar to to you, you know, I got the test results back and, you know, I'm looking at it, but I'm like, wow, this is like a second cousin, maybe first cousin, you know, but that's still like, there's a lot of gray area. I'm looking for like, where's my bio sister, bio mom, bio dad. And then, um, so what happened with me is that I was linked, um, to like a second cousin, but there was a manager of that person, which is, who's turned into a friend of mine now, this Joe. And um, he kind of does the DNA as a hobby. Okay. And he contacted me and said, hey, you're you're related to my son-in-law. You know, I think I could help you. And I was sort of like, oh, my gosh, what's this? You know, is this going to cost me something? What, you know, turns out he he's just a hobbyist at this, um, very passionate about it. And he put it all together, encouraged me to do 23andMe, and um, long story short, anyways, I found three bio sisters out wow. there. Yeah, I've made contact with one, and that's that's the only contact that and I have. And your mother. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that, know where she is, but we haven't actually directly but, I mean, made contact. You, through that process, you found out that you have three living sisters. Three living sisters and, and a, a mother, living and mother. And a living mother. Yeah, yeah, but my father has passed away. But here's the interesting thing about this is that... Um, 
one of my cousins, you know, I went out and, and met her, and this is on my father's side. I know her daughter. You grew and, up with her, right? Well, I didn't grow up with her, but she's good friends with one of my best friends. Okay. Yeah. And from and, around here, like yeah, yeah. I mean, so we're all here in Minnesota. We're all in you know this this pool. And uh, when I met my bio sister, she ended up going to Park Center. Actually, oh, wow. You know, went to Cooper, and and she would walk by my house to go to her day job when she was seventeen. Wow. You know, so yeah, and he, I mean. That's the other odd part about, well, two things, because I've watched him. We've been friends for long enough. I've watched you go yeah. through this. Uh, so he was adopted. His three older sisters, he was the fourth in line and given up for adoption, which is very unusual. So my, my sisters are older than me. And and then they were not given up for adoption? They were they- not given up for adoption. So my bio mother had three girls and then, you know... Uh, whatever life happened, happened life happened had me gave me up for a, adoption you know and, and kept the three girls so so they're older so when i met with them you know it's like wow so so there's she's seven years older than me so when she was 17 you know i was playing in the front yard exactly right building jumps out of, yeah totally yeah. building some jumps. plywood jumps yeah even though i didn't have the bmx i did build jumps with the oh. picket fence that came down yeah and stuff yeah. like that you kind of had to right yeah and then lay down in in rows to have oh, a yeah. friend jump yeah. over yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah now we're those, talking those are the days <laughs> i know and then and then Always be the first kid after the jump when you're laying down. To <laughs> totally. Get to, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you the worst that ever happens one. is some sort of nasty gash that, you know, ends up bleeding and you got to go in a mom like, oh. Or your rib you know, cage well, collapsed what happened? from like, the back. Well, what? Well, you're coming me. down. Yeah. 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 You know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever remember anyone dying. <laughs> no. Well, all right. So, Aaron, I mean, so you, you're, you know, you're kind of got a connection, but not completely yet. You know, you're kind of. Yeah, a little bit one foot in, one foot out, right? You yeah, know, you're I'm kind of a little nervous about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm still a little nervous about it, but I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm determined to see it through. I just, yeah. I need to kick myself. Uh, right, it to, is to, a trip. To, to well, I, and when you talked about you know your father's deceased, yeah, um, you know, I'm at the age where that I might find out that both my parents are deceased. I mean, I, I hope not, but um, you know, uh, I just need to. I don't know. So, um, your your mother, your your. Uh, adoptive mother yeah adoptive yeah, yeah. mother i mean um are they is she supportive or or, she, or she, how did you know that you were adopted like is that were you told early on or i was told pretty early on probably yeah. around age five or something like okay. that um yeah. and uh and just doing the math i hit you know something had to give so and i, I looked different than my siblings um <laughs> you know not a lot really i mean i actually right. look more like now or <laughs> you know um but uh just, just you know, I had uh, a brother and sister who are fraternal twins. Who you know, their birthdays in May, and then my birthdays in November, and then I have an older sister whose uh, birthdays in March. And uh, we were all so I, I started school in the same grade with the two the twins. Um, <laughs> right. And then our family moved to my dad's small hometown in northern New York State um, for a little while when I was young, and I got I skipped a grade there, um, and so then I, I moved from you know the twins grade to my older sister's grade then kind of stayed there mm-hmm. um we moved back to minnesota and and uh yeah yeah but well what i was going to say earlier the second thing about you yeah. 
is that you're you're sort of with a guy who is uniquely open, not not entirely unemotional, but not very emotional about the whole journey of potentially finding family, which I don't know that most people who I don't know that a lot of people would take your tact on that. Right. Jim. I mean, it's I know that, you know, I think your your journey seems more common with a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of nervousness. And Jim is just like, yeah, I'm going to meet my sister today. Like, well, I'd like to have more. I mean, in, in life in general, I'm kind of more like that. This is just the one area right. where I, I don't know why, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, well, when I was little, I thought I came from outer space. So I just, you yeah, know, and we have that in common too. You really? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I like, maybe this is part of it. Maybe you just okay. uncovered something, but I've liked thinking I, I mentioned the man who fell to earth earlier, yeah. David Bowie. Yeah. Like uh, I've liked thinking I was just dropped here from outer space, oh, man. and oh, I've, my got, God. I've got I'm not attached to any. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm special. I mm-hmm. you know, I, and uh, I'm not tied to or constricted by or constrained, I guess, by anything that you know. Bonds we mere mortals so, you. Yeah, so, so that, I can be whatever I want to be, or 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 I'm here for some special purpose, you know. So exactly, I mean, to a T is that's the way I grew up thinking too. I mean, in 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 fact, right now, still, I'm I'm suspicious that this really is my family. <laughs> you know, I'm like bio family. I'm like, yeah, but. Yeah, I've got know. a revelation I'm, I'm, for you too. Maybe let, though, let, let me ahead. see your artwork. That's the first right. thing you said. Yeah, right yeah. Now. yeah, exactly. No, but but there's something about that that uh, is is extremely accurate. I mean, I always thought like, oh, I I was just dropped here, um, and I'm I'm not, which you know helped in 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 a lot of ways because if Processing something were or... going awry with mm-hmm. my family, it'd be like. Oh, I'm not part of them anyhow, yeah, so I'm, I <laughs> this, is, this is not my problem. I know that <laughs> you one know? quite well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, having a really shitty brother, I was like, no, <laughs> who cares? You know, I'm not part of him either. So, you know, I'm like, I am good to go. I'm going outside to play, yeah. you know, while my bile sister walks by, you know. <laughs> walking, walking down the street looking right, at you looking kind at of me. funny. Yep, Staring in around, a mirror. Little kid. God, that kid looks a lot. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. I like the name bio sister. Like it almost as a super, uh, like a, a, a character, you know. Yeah, like a, well, mm-hmm. well, what's funny about Superhero. it is that um, in this uh, journey, you know, I have this, I, I didn't know how, I, I was saying struggling, actually, like, oh, my parents, but now they're, well, they're my real, you know, how do I delineate all of this, you know, because my parents I grew up with are my parents, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was getting hard to talk about. And well, we talk about all of us here in the studio, I come in, I say, hey, I saw my sister, well, my so it just started to develop the bio family. You know, mm-hmm. this is my bio father. It's, it's a descriptor. Yeah, it's, it is. And it's, it, like, and it's easy. You know, it's short, bio, you know. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, oh, okay. I got it, we you. all yeah. suffer from that lack of ability to use the the correct way to describe people. Like if you've got three friends and one of them's a person of color, you're like, well, it's Steve and John and Jim, but you don't. You can't say it. Jim with the blue shirt? Yeah, right. Jim, yeah. Jim with the blue shirt. Yeah. All polite. Like, Jim's yeah. wearing a blue shirt. Like, is he, is he the black guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's him, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you just say that? Because I'm weird. I can't. Yeah, right, right. I so, want to let you two in on what I think might be a little secret. And maybe okay. people talk about this. But Do you see our aura? 
right now? No, oh. I, I don't see auras. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah. You, you look dead to me, as a matter of Yeah. <laughs> I don't think either oh, of you are God. from this planet. <laughs> so, yeah, I see dead people. <laughs> For sure you do. No, I think the idea... Okay, so, so you two both grew up in loving families, though, that yeah. you're, that you're mm. very connected to. So you have... Yes. You have this... Well, we didn't ask Aaron that. I mean, you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm going to assume that. Yeah. Maybe mom does listen to it someday. You know, (laughs) you're not going to say no. (laughs) I actually hate them all. I mean, you could do that. Uh, But no. So you grew up in in a attached to someone, but with the ability to, in your own mind, sort of detach yourself from that group saying, I don't actually belong here. Maybe I belong somewhere else. And in fact, that might be outer space. Right. And I grew up in a knowing full well who my folks were. And I think I can kind of speak for Sarah. And even coming from that, I can still say that there's a, I've, I thought I came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Really? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's. There was something see, a little bit different see that, about. I can't imagine. Like, if you know. I, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's why I, it's I, kind of a revelation. But that's what makes it more bizarre is that we. We know this. This is our technically right. family, but you still feel something a little bit different. Well, but that, I don't maybe know that that's your that's. I mean, that's your soul. That's that's the thing right. that that's, makes right. you. That's what you. I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know right. that. It, I think that it's it's sort of your humanness, right? Then, you, because if you look at my, what is it, six, seven, eight brothers and sisters that I have, because my folks keep getting divorced and remarried and making new ones. You know, this yeah. with Maggie. Yep. <laughs> uh, by the way, Maggie's great. Maggie is awesome. And your dad's great. Yeah, shout out to the, the folks. Oh, and my oh, mother. And hi, Dad. This, that's right. <laughs> my, yeah. And my mother, I, I rarely mention her, but she just uh, had a scare with cancer and did great. Famous is doing good. Well. She's famous good. is doing great. Ma. But uh, anyway, I think that, it, like, isn't it maybe just a, an innate, necessary function of your own humanness that even though I'm connected, there isn't anyone else in my family who is me or is even very much like me in a lot of ways you know what i have to add to that yeah um this is a larger discussion but i think that only happens in certain people i think what maybe what the four of us have experienced is a bit unique that most people can't really kind of fathom that yeah you may be onto something i mean i wonder about that Mm -hmm. because i i i my sense is that you're right, mm-hmm. but I don't. I haven't talked to people enough about it, except when I meet somebody like Jim, right. who, and you know, we've yeah. got this thing in common, and so we we talk about that. Um, interesting. It, yeah, I've, and, I've and, been thinking a lot about this. Yeah. I think what you're saying, and I, I think the reason I don't immediately get into that or can't kind of go along with it is because I don't want to make anyone feel less. And this isn't right? about making anybody feel. And so that I'm way taking because, a step back from it. Sure, now, and my, that's totally fair. And I hope. My family or whoever's listening isn't taking offense. That's not what I mean at all. I think um, because for me, it's a I didn't talk about it growing up, you know, and what do I have to complain about? I had an amazing childhood and I wouldn't change it. But why couldn't I just have felt comfortable being kind of what I was brought into? Why did I feel like I had to move away? Why do I feel like I have to do X, Y, and Z? Those are things that I think are are common, you know, too. Well, I, I, but. But it's but a it's a mind, be, mindset yeah. of something, and I haven't fully thought about it. But it's like you know something that's there. I well, have I to think, say though, and I think it, you're right. It's not everyone, but I don't know what it is that, right. about certain people. I mean, we're all people who like art, right? And, sure. and who think about our place and in uh, the place of others and in the place of 
works and all that sort of thing. And not everybody is like that either. You know well, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, um, they've, they've done plenty of personality testing, right? And, and there's the, the multiple, you know, 16 groups or whatever that they kind of put people into. And uh, I, I guess when you read, like if you take any of those higher level, what are, what's the test that I'm thinking of? The Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs yeah. and stuff like I that. I just took that the other day. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, they were giving that stuff to us in its earlier form in, in grade school and high school. The Strong Campbell test. Remember that? That, yeah. That, was, that yeah. was one of them, yeah. at least in our district. Yes, it was. Yeah, if you, if, if you take those things and you, and you break it down and you, and you take the test, they put you into one of the categories. That doesn't feel very good because you're like, well, fuck you. Who do you how do you know right. who I am, right? They're pretty accurate, though. You read your category and you're like... You know, screw I, no, you for, for no, figuring me out go, so much someone too. Someone finally understood me. Yeah, and but, then right. and then I you take the you take the next leap, which is, yeah, but let's see if this isn't like you know some sort of BS, and and I'll go read one of the other ones, and I bet I can make myself sort of feel like I fit that one. And you read it, and it's like reading a foreign language or something. Like mm-hmm. people actually think this way. <laughs> like how right. would that be? And yeah. and so maybe I was saying I'll take a step back from it because I never would want to say like my mind is different. I do things different than you, but it's I think not it's good true. Or bad. I don't yeah. think it's good or bad. It's not bad. a value judgment. No, right. absolutely not. I think just for me, it, it's comfort to find like-minded people to be able to express it because otherwise yeah. you just feel alone. Yeah, because I was fairly certain that I was dropped here from somewhere. I'm beginning to think you, know. you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Could be. laughs> well. Yeah, I, I do think there is a uniqueness, though. Like when you when you really don't know, you know, you have, you know. Oh, I think you really it, it gives are you oh, sure adapted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that well, it is gives a, you just that extra it's little a, nudge. A license. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like because when you're standing out there, you know, you're like, damn, I, you know, I am solo. Yes, you know? mm-hmm. and there's. Mm-hmm. there's I had to go the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. I had to go the other way. Like I, I always had to be pulled back to like, ah, no, but you're. You know that they're your parents. You know, whereas right. you had license to say, like, I know you're not my parents. Yeah. You know, like, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm right. from somewhere else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Is, That's cool. Did you take the Myers Briggs when you were younger and compare results to now? Because I feel like mine would be different now than it was really? even when I was 30. Really? Yeah. I mean, I. It's not supposed to work that way, I don't think. I know. Who knows? Maybe it does. Well, yeah. I mean, because you answer specific questions like, I would rather do this than that, or or, this is right and this is wrong. I feel this way in that situation Mm -hmm. or that way. And and I I know that the answers to some of those questions would be different for me now. Maybe I'd end up in the same quadrant or whatever, but. I don't know. I, I, actually, I'm just curious, kind of, too. Like, what the what's the value or what's the role of life experience, especially adult life experience? I, I was gonna so experience, and then do you feel like you're more authentic now? Yeah. So you're actually being more truthful with yourself mm-hmm. because I am a different person than I was ten years ago, five years ago, twenty years mm. ago. But that truth was was you were still truthful at that point. at that point. Yeah. So, but I feel like a more authentic version of myself. Like this is really who I am now, and it took me quite a while to get there like the narrative of yourself is is more of a true story now than yeah. maybe that than i was narrative was when you're yeah yeah I'm, I'm much better at having a reasonable and rational conversation with the little voice in my head sure. at these, this <laughs> point sure. than i was years ago and i'm like what are you doing Who are you know it was either telling me to do something good or bad or whatever you know what i'm talking about the little right. the little yeah, voice. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's an voice. interesting i i want to research well, that now to see what that we talk about that with the dating apps though too like if you're asked a hundred questions, how are you supposed to? You know you're lying to yourself 
even if you're even if you're being truthful in the moment well, you're projecting there's some a, part you're projecting a certain version of the best version of yourself yes mm-hmm. which gets really trippy after and that. i would imagine those myers-briggs tests you'd do the same type of thing like you'd take it so maybe maybe the outcome is different because your perspective is different or maybe your brain is malleable enough that you've learned new things over time too. I think either one of those Mm -hmm. could be true. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, Aaron, I think it's exciting that you've got some sort of contact. I would definitely encourage, you know, well, that's that's good hearing that from somebody who's followed through. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting journey. I mean, it, it really is. It's, I think at this point watching him, like he, we talk about your armor and how the lack of armor you have these <laughs> yeah. days. Like I've been, well, yeah. cr- I've cried enough. I'm not going to really get that emotional about anything anymore. Right. And right. watching him walk into those situations, like I think he just goes into it with this sort of like, if something cool comes of this, that's great. If not, you know, I can go back to being the space alien who didn't never knew about you guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fine. It's totally well, fine. That, that is my approach on it because at, at this age, I mean, you know, I don't want anything from you. you. Know, yeah. You, I'm, so happy you know where i am and and everything is good so this is just sort of like an interesting thing i i do have to say the other day um just driving here or driving wherever i was going you know i i i kind of forget that i've already had contact you know and that i know everything um and then all of a sudden i'm like oh that's right i've already the puzzle's already solved and has it changed your perspective and no no not even it really hasn't. See, and I, you know, I believe you when you say that because of watching you go through this. I, right. I, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but I've known it as I watch you. Right. You have a unique perspective on. Sure. Like I don't. Most people, I don't think, would be walking into, mm-hmm. you know, the the largeness of potentially meeting these people who haven't been a part of your life, but bore you, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like they, you without them, you don't exist. And right. With, and and knowing that. They've got a circle of connections, family reunions, trips to the lake that have happened. You got all that stuff spinning in your mind. And then you have your own thing and you never were a part of that. Now what am I going to do? And are they, you know, you you just don't seem to give a shit. So I'll give you an example, Aaron. So um, Amber and I, uh, this uh, Easter, were invited to my father's side who who has passed away. But um, he has two brothers and three sisters. So two uncles and three aunts, you know, okay. and they were all together and, uh, very, very nice. And, um, uh, you know, invited me over, you know, this Easter brunch, Amber and I went over there. It was great. Awesome. Loved it. I met everyone. And, and I guess, yeah, you're right. Because as we're going there and leaving, Amber's like, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, we're just meeting a bunch of people, <laughs> you know? And I'm yeah. like, right. I walk in, I'm like, hi. And, you know, I could tell that they were like, you know, are you, it was emotional are you good? Them. You know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Like, it's super nice to meet you guys, you I, know? And, and then we just had this interaction and it was quite I, wonderful. I wonder if people like you and me uh, and other adopted people value um, those experiences um, less or differently by not not being connected to them and maybe value the connections less and therefore the the, the gravity of them isn't you don't feel it as much you know right. and I'm, I'm the guy saying you know who's saying i'm afraid to go do it but yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time I, I kind of feel like some of these family bonds that mean so much to other people maybe mean less to me and so maybe i can take an approach more like yours when i when i get to that point and yeah. uh 
I just yeah, I've been thinking a lot about what what is valuable to people, right? Uh, you know, and, in all kinds of ways. Yeah, and and maybe I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to say I don't value it, but but the gravity of it, you know, that's a right. great way to put it. You know, maybe I just can't quite grasp that yet. You know, like there's something about it that I'm like, I don't I don't know. You know, like you're keeping I, it in perspective. Yeah. You have a good perspective on it, which means makes a difference with yeah. everything. I mean, think yeah. about what we've been working on, though. Think, well, yeah. Think and, about and, our, our Andalin app. And honestly, like, I've got this larger wheel that's that's kind of constantly spinning yep. and has been for years about all of this stuff. And I think it's that for whatever reason, you know, the maybe maybe from the early 80s, that's kind of the genesis of it. But I feel like America spun off into this uh let's advance and let's not take the time to preserve our memories or to like let's not i think we've done 20 30 maybe 40 years of sort of getting away from what is uh a very much human trait which is to want to remember the past and and preserve those memories of the past and what we're doing now, I think we're entering into an era of more connectivity, mm-hmm. more compassion, and it may not seem like it with what we have going on. Well, the growth politics. has been kind of inorganic. It's been growth, but mm-hmm. it almost reminds me of that shooting star song about, you know, the, the, you know, somebody like going off and becoming a big star, but then they get right. like addicted to pills or whatever. And then they, you know, they crash and burn. The end of the song or the movie is the, the person, you know, commits suicide or dies it, from an overdose. I feel like America is kind of, <laughs> well, that's, well, he describes doing, it been as, doing that same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So the I end usually, of a party. Yeah. Like I make an analogy, like with, you know, social media, for instance, you know, the, the quick, um, Buzz or, you know, the, the quick, quick part that we just accept it and we're almost drunk. You know, like, and then there's the sobering up of it. You know, yeah. it's like, what just happened here? What what happened? I just gave all my information out freely and yeah. didn't care. You know, uh, I listened to you guys talking about this on a previous podcast, and it, yeah. it, it resonated with me. And I thought, yeah, I I I felt addicted to it, and it was so gratifying. And yeah. I and I just willingly, without yeah. thinking about it, turned everything over. And it's only recently that I'm like, what am I doing? Like, right. It's like a really great party. It's, not it's, it's yeah. like a great yeah. party where you're just partying and you're. And you're drunk, basically. And then, you know, sooner or later, you sober up and you're like, oh, my God, you know, but you're drunk off social media. Yes. You know? And I think the larger I think the larger issue where this where social media comes from and where this whole problem comes from, and it's not it's not any one person's fault. It didn't you know, it's all of us collectively kind mm-hmm. of subscribe to this. But I think the the opening of global markets and the ability to produce cheap and meaningless shit at all over the world at a cheap cost and ship it around and sort of the drunkenness of you know coming out of world war ii the depression no one's got anything everything has value and meaning You're, you take care of things you've got a pride in community we're trying to rebuild everything all of a sudden you you can have whatever you want and now we're awash in people in jail People who can't make it, don't have good jobs, but they've got a 50-inch TV because the guy down the street gives them away for free every two years because he just goes and buys a bigger one. Like, it's, we just have too much shit. The wrong wrong things. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, yeah, Mr. Potter, 
one and George Bailey didn't exist and like it's a wonderful life. We're kind of like there right now almost, right. it seems like to me. And to tie it back to a couple of things that you said before, well, one thing that I said and one thing you said, uh, thinking about what people value, um, I think a lot of people haven't thought about what they value. And, and so what you're saying is true that we're, maybe people are starting to think about that. If I think look, we are. Look at ourselves, look at our community, look at our, our families and our friends and, and ask that question. And the other thing that that made me think of is um, – when you're talking about uh, people having artistry and, you know, being a mechanic or, you know, um, I, I think of like a woodworker, but I, I, and I always think of, you know, the, you know, butcher, baker, candlestick maker, we all, mm-hmm. you know, those people are important. And for some reason, our society is just like, who's the champion? Who's the richest? Who's the president? Who's, uh, who's the vice president? Not, not, not to talk about the country, but the, of the company um, yep. uh, or whatever. Who's, who's number one? Who's the brains who, behind yeah. this operation? Right. What's the number one record? And everything else kind of doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And, and it's terrible. I mean, because the, the 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 person who works at the bakery, you know, there's artistry in that. Mm-hmm. There's dignity in doing the work, um, and there's there's a result. The people who consume it, you know, paying their honestly earned wages to get it and put it in their bodies and feed it to their families. I mean, I, so much of that is uh, just people don't think about it enough anymore. And I just and and the people who do some of those things um, are sort of, you know undervalued like greatly undervalued i think and greatly it's, it's, undervalued yeah and to our own detriment yeah. again i mean we've got my uh my favorite little auto shop in south minneapolis tice tires they're going out of business after 108 years or whatever because i get it you can go to uh whatever tire rack or you know tires plus tires plus or wheels you know yeah. wheels or whatever and get everything done cheaper but it but not really. In the end, it's just a different thing. You're not the idea that you would go and spend 15 minutes talking to your mechanic, and and you know them, and they're in the community like my grandfather did when I was a kid. We'd drive the old truck to the place. They'd put a new tire on, and the two people would stand there and yuck it up like they'd been old buddies forever, and and that was community. And we kind of gave that up. It, it feels like I'm not trying to preach too much about it, but it, although my friend Bjorn, who's got a, a mechanic shop in Robbinsdale, I drive across okay. town to to bring my car to him all the time, and we do sit for about 15 minutes and yeah. and talk. And, and I know I'm getting great value. I know that I'm not sp- right. In, I know that I'm not spending more just to go to Bjorn be, to have this authentic experience. It's because the the value is there. He's shown it to me. I, I have to right. go less often, and and the yeah. work is good. And if something doesn't work, he he takes care of it. But also, we do get to have that great That's what, conversation. That's how I feel about Bob and Doug. Like, I, I don't get what people don't understand. These two guys have never lied to me. They've right. never done anything that didn't need to be done. They've steered me the right way all the time, and they take great care of my stuff. How can they not make a living, you know? Yeah. And I know there's business involved in it, and I get all of that. But, I, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is that the community, we aren't necessarily supportive enough of our local community members who do these things. But we're trying, right? We're trying. We're trying. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is we yeah. talked before about not having enough time to do art because we're working right. so hard for mm-hmm. it. We also don't have enough money sometimes mm-hmm. to, you know, if, hey, if that's $5 here and it's $20 mm-hmm. there and I've got $6, Limited. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, and you have I, to make a choice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I even make, you know, I'm, I'm luckier than most people, but I still make those choices. And I, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes later on think, oh, I should have gone you know, to that local place or that, or that independent business and, and, and giving them my business instead, you know? Right. Well, and that's the economy. That's the roundabout cyclical weird part of economy. And I'm no economist, but, uh, in fact, false information coming folks, just an alert. <laughs> uh, but like if, if 
Corporation A, owned by the champion over here, makes auto you know, parts or bakery or whatever cheaper in your town, and you subscribe to the whole, well, it's a few dollars cheaper, I'm going to get it here. Pretty soon, no one in your town can afford anything because it's really just the circulation of the money around the community that right. sort of makes the whole wheel work and all the things turn. So Yeah, it's like when, when there doesn't have to be a minimum wage or something and business thinks, hey, we're more profitable right now, but and suddenly there's no one who can afford to buy the goods that they're selling. I mean, it happened in this country, you know? Yeah, it, uh, like you're selling yourself down the river and giving it all to someone else, Yeah, and your community's done toast. And because you're not thinking about what's down the river, or, yeah. or down the road, or, or on, on the next page of the calendar, you're just yeah. thinking of, I'm, I can take this right now, I can yeah. save this right now. That's like when know? Walmart moves to the edge of a town, some cute little community, and the next thing you know, the whole downtown is a ghost town, you know? Yeah, the and cool little have, Ben Franklin lost? store and, yeah. the, and yeah. the barbershop well, and the optometrist. And, yeah, so yeah. With, so my family uh, moved up to Perm, Minnesota, and like Wadena, like yep. Wadena, like those small towns like that. I mean, they can't handle it. They had it. the Benjamin Franklin store, and yeah. then Walmart did come in, you know, mm-hmm. and then that store, you know, Benjamin Franklin ceased to exist, you know. But um, I don't know. It's like the homogenizing of everything, you know. It's just. The it's constant, the, you know, it's the move toward corporatocracy is what yeah. I, I mean, again, not to get too political, but it's, it's, you, you do things. It's never, uh, it's the reaction always has, or, yeah. you know, actually there's always a, an opposite yeah. and equal reaction. If you do something here, it's going to have an effect over here. And if you're not really sitting around planning that, and I don't fault us, America's a great country. I love living here. I think we'll sort it all out, and I think we we're headed down that track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but it's going to take some, it's going to take some hard work, and it's going to take some thinking. It's going to take conversations like this, yeah. which I is would what say we're trying true. to perpetuate, right? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know, podcasts are are bringing back old timey radio in a certain conversations. way. Conversations, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which we need. But uh, we have we have done another forty minutes almost. Oh, so wow. it's up to you guys how how we do this, but feels like unless we want to get into another conversation it feels like a pretty good time to thank Aaron for well thank you Aaron in. for your thanks for letting insight. me be part of this conversation yes. yeah Aaron thank you <laughs> thank you guys yeah. cool. it was fun um, I mean and just interesting enjoyable there's yeah. val- I, I, talking about things people value I, I value this time we just had well, great. yeah okay. thank you so so do we yeah. thanks for coming in yeah make me tear up I get misty <laughs> when people say nice things like that well you um, feel free to come back in anytime. We, you know, we we have the capacity to do this when people want, and we have no reason not to keep making more of them. So mm-hmm. come on in, Absolutely. keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.